Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I, I, I was struggling with uh, what title should I use, making it big, how to make it big, how to succeed. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I got to keys to getting it right, and, and then I put a thing in on, on my notes here. Keys to getting it right, not just anywhere, but in life. And... Uh, I don't want you to look at the world in these last days. Don't, don't, don't look at what's going on around you or don't be listening to the things of the world and, and all the proclamations they may be making. But that you would look to the Lord Jesus. When it comes to saving your life, Jesus said, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Let me read it again. This is Luke 9, 24. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. We're talking about me making my, I'm, I got to do whatever I can to survive. I got to use my methods, my, my ways. I do my ways because that's what I come, I've come to know. This is what, the all that I know. I'll lose, I'll do whatever I have to do to survive. And the Lord is saying, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, give yourself over to me, will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Saying the things of this world that we may take in, what, is it, what does it really matter in the end? whether we have much or whether we have little, what does it really matter? Because there's nothing we can do when it comes to our time being up here on earth or whether it comes to the trumpet sounding. It's not like we're taking anything with us. Oh, Jesus, I want to take my car with me too. I need to take whatever. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. I don't think, I, I'd almost go so far to say that I, I don't think there's anybody here that will probably die before the trumpet sounds. Unless, whatever. Like, an accident or whatever. I don't think there's anybody here old enough. I think my dad's the oldest one here. Dad, I, I don't know if you're going to be, uh, I know at 85 years of age, uh, who knows, maybe the Lord might take my dad home before the trumpet sounds. I don't know. He's ready to go. But for most of us here, I would say like almost 99% here, that you're going to be alive when the trumpet sounds. That we would not be ashamed of Jesus Christ and his words in these last days. I'm talking about keys to getting it right in life. I, hey, absolutely, don't say, oh, I'm waiting until Jesus comes, I'm not doing anything. There's so much stuff to do. I, I don't have enough time in a day or in a week. It's like, oh my goodness. I wish there were two of me. 
I got lots, so, so much stuff to do. We got so much to do yet. We can look at uh, characters in the Old and New Testament of people that God used and, and when it comes to their lives. And, uh, you know, I think of Abraham. I think of Joseph and Moses and David. I think of some of the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. I think of Joel and Amos. These different men and, and Esther and Ruth and Deborah. You think of these men and women of God and all of them, not one of them was perfect. Not one of them, like even Solomon who, who was given wisdom from the Lord, even with the wisdom, he made choices and it's like, oh man, did he get it so wrong in, in, with the wisdom of God? He got it wrong in many different ways. To get it right in life, David, a man loved of the Lord, man, did he get it wrong? Man, did he, man, did he do some things that were extreme? We're talking involved in, in, in murder. We're in, involved in, in taking another man's wife. Involved in, in getting her pregnant and then trying to cover it up. So the only way he could do it was, well, hey, I'm king. And he wrote a letter. He said to Bathsheba's husband, take this letter and give it to your commander. And basically it was the command that said, I want you to put him in the forefront. I want you to take, do a frontal attack on this, this fortress and put him in the forefront. He was killed. We're talking premeditated murder. Psalm 51 is David humbling himself before the Lord. Man, did he get it wrong? To get it right in life, to get it right, right in life, the New Testament, we can talk about Peter. We know Peter, he was a, a strong individual, a go-getter, a very cocky guy, very loud-mouthed guy. Lord loved him. He says, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's talking about himself, but also about Peter, that there was going to be a work done through Peter. John, James, Paul, Jude, Timothy, like men of God, flawed, but getting we get it right, even in our flawed state. Today, I, I want to I focus in on two individuals. One, Samson from the Old Testament, and secondly, the woman with the issue of blood in the New Testament. Samson lived around 1100 B.C. This was before the kings. This was before King Saul. It was before King David was before King Solomon, and then when the, the, the nation or the kingdom of Israel was split after Solomon, just so you know, if you didn't know this, the kingdom was split into two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and they had two separate kings for up until 7, I think it was 733 B.C. or 722 B.C., 
where the, the Assyrians came and they basically overcame the northern kingdom, which consisted of 10 of the 12 tribes. And then finally in 586 BC, we had Babylon destroy um, uh, the, the southern kingdom of, of Judah and Benjamin. So Samson was, lived during uh, the time of the judges. It was a period of about 400 years. And during that time, it was cycles. Cycles. So basically, they would do what was evil. The Israelites would do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And basically, they would be doing the things of the flesh. They'd be doing the things of whatever they felt was right in their own mind and thinking rather than the things of the Lord. And so they'd go through these cycles. And so if you read through Judges, you won't hear anything about kings because it was before the time of the kings. And it's involving the, the nation or the, Israels, the Israelites. And, and so they would do that which was wicked in the sight of the Lord and, and there would be demise and and hardship and conflict and the enemy just coming in literally coming in and stealing and robbing from them and 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 just causing a lot of of issue in their life it's just something like what happens when we're not serving the lord i'll tell you the stuff that is stolen from people when they're not serving the lord and so what would happen is they'd they'd cry out and say god you got to help me just like us god you got to help me and then there would be a judge that would be raised up, and then the judge would get them back on track, and they would do the things of the Lord, and then the judge would die, and, and then the people would stray, and, and then there would be this cycle would repeat itself. Sam, Samson judged for Israel for about 20 years. I always liked Samson as a boy. As a boy, was like, this guy was strong. And so as a boy, he's like, man. Like, can you imagine? Literally. Like, we're not talking. Well, yesterday, we were moving drywall. I found out yesterday that one sheet of 5'8", 4 by 12 foot drywall weighs 110 pounds. I didn't know it weighed that much. A 5'8", 4x8 sheet weighs 74 pounds. So we were moving them by twos. Now, the 12-footers, the because of their awkwardness, I didn't even touch it. In fact, I was impressed by my, my children and uh, nephews and nieces as they, they were moving this stuff. So we brought it, and they moved it downstairs at my parents' place, and and then we had to go do a second load. And it was like, we're talking heavy and moving it. Samson took a city's gates. We're not talking some little picket fence thing. We're talking gates. And he basically grabbed the gate and ripped it right out of the wall, the hinges, whatever. Ripped it and he carried it. Like, I don't know how much this would weigh. I know the strongest man on the face of this planet, I think, can lift around 1,100 pounds. That's a lot of weight. 1,100 pounds. I am 
sure that Samson would have made the strongest man on the face of this planet at this time look like some weakling. Seriously, I'm not just saying that. I, I mean that. As a kid, I admire Samson for his feats of, of strength and, and also the, the fact that this guy was a, a little bit of a, not just a little rascal, he was a big rascal. And, and doing some things that were pretty extreme, in fact, more than just a rascal, like this guy, you did not want to mess with him. So I admired Samson as a boy. As I got older, I recognized that the spirit of the Lord would come upon him. This allowed him to do things that were beyond him. I want to just say, key number one, I need the spirit of the Lord upon me. We need, as individuals, we need the spirit of the Lord upon us. In Judges 13, verse 24, and this is regarding Samson, it says, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahane Dan between Zorah and Ashtaol, the area that they lived in. And so there was a moving of the Holy Spirit. It, the Lord began to move upon Samson as he grew. We'll, we'll see a little bit about this. It's amazing, even as a child growing up, the Lord blessed him. I, I, I just want you to know, we want blessing in our lives. We want the favor of the Lord in our lives. And this thing of the Spirit of God moving upon us. Oh, man. Lord, let your Spirit move upon me. I recognize my flaws and my faults. Lord, but let your Spirit move upon me. I need your Spirit to move upon me. Lord, I desire to be blessed. When it comes to life, yes, I do want to be blessed. And I, sometimes we... We think, well, blessing is materially or everything working out or whatever. But God has different plans and purposes that are way beyond us. The Spirit of the Lord would begin to move upon us. That is what gave Samson his strength to do mighty things that were way beyond him. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. In verse 5 it says, so Samson went down to Timnah. This is Judges 14 with his father and mother, and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. We're not talking about an old lion that doesn't want to move anymore. We're talking about a young lion in its prime. Roaring against him, to his surprise. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart, as one would have torn apart a young goat. Though he... He had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Can you imagine being attacked by a lion? I don't know how much they weigh. Uh, a, a male lion, maybe four or five hundred pounds. And here this thing comes attacking, surprises him, and he just handles it with bare hands. Kills it. Samson lived in the times of the Philistines. 
And the Philistines, you know, Goliath that David killed was a Philistine. And if you read through, and every time you might hear about the Philistines, we are talking about the things of the world. This is how people operate apart from God. They operate, and if you read these, these uh, passages, these chapters, chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16, you have the entire life of Samson, and you recognize that his battle is continually with the Philistines. The world, the things of this world, just like you, just like me. And to overcome something, there is definitely a battle at times when it comes to this world. In fact, there's probably a daily battle that goes on within each and every one of us because we live in this world. We live amongst the Philistines or the Philistines are around us. And it's amazing that the Philistines and this world and the things of this world, that which does not follow God has nothing and wants nothing to do with God is catering to the things of the flesh to the eyes and the pride of life. In 1 John verse 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me read that again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We're, like we're talking about, I need this or I need that or, man, i got to grab a hold of this the things of the world, and not to say that, hey, well, shouldn't we have a house or we have to get around, we shouldn't have cars. Don't have a problem with these things, these inanimate things, but that they would not become idols to us. I need to have this. I need to have that. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I'll tell you, we are talking Samson having to deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that was part of the world. He was saying, hey, that's what the world is about. It's going to cater to these things that are in our makeup. Our flesh. We are flesh and blood. And if there's not a dealing with our flesh, we're going to have a problem. And we see it in Samson's life. The Lord didn't take away the Philistines. They were there. But to deal with them. With the spirit of the Lord upon me. We need to recognize that the, the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. This world is going to pass away. In fact, for, for some of us. Should the trumpet sound today, it's the world as we know it is done. When the trumpet sounds, this is in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. First, those that are dead in Christ will be caught up to be with the Lord, and then we who remain, who are alive, will be right behind them like this. In a twinkling of an eye. And the world as we know it will change because we will be with the Lord seven years, and then coming back for a thousand years on this planet with Jesus will be completely different. The seven years that we're not here, I'll tell you, the wrath of God is going to be poured out on this planet. If we think what's happening right now is bad, this is just 
a fallen world that is very led and lied to and deceived by Satan. The things of the flesh, the Philistines, the enticement to follow. Don't, we cannot get sucked into it. Don't, we can't get sucked into it. We have a work to be done and that we would recognize we need the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to. You can't, I can't do it in my own strength, my own flesh. You can't. This first thing, this first key is I need the Spirit of the Lord upon me. Samson took a, a woman that was a Philistine and married her and never, never slept with her. Uh, there was a, there was a, a a riddle regarding this lion that he had killed. And after when he came back to see this lion, there, there was uh, a, a, a bees, bees had, had made a nest, whatever, in the lion. And, of course, with bees comes honey. And so he, he gives this riddle. And he says, hey, you know, what, what is strong and what has honey in it? And he gives this riddle. And anyways, there's this finding out the answer to the riddle. And uh, let me just read a little bit of this. So he, he wants to visit his, his wife. He hadn't seen her. He'd never even slept with her. <clears throat> this is Judges 15, verse 1. After a while, in time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young, with a young goat. Nice present for, for his wife. And he said, let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, I really thought that you had thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. So this uh, companion was his best man. And Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Then the Samson went and caught 300 foxes and he took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. And the Philistines said, who has done this? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to, the com to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. We're talking not good. Samson said to them, since you, have, you would do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you. And after that, I will see. So he attacked them hip and high, thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Edom. And so the Philistines went up and camped in Judah. Now, it all started with this, this riddle, and he actually had to, uh, he was saying, hey, 30, I'll give, whoever gets this riddle, I'll give you 30 
changes of clothing and whatever. And, uh, and as a result, uh, they, because his, his, this lady had found out and had given the, the riddle, he got, she got the answer to the riddle, which was the lion and the, the honey and the lion. And as a result, uh, he, got, he got upset because they, they found, they had their answer to the riddle. So he went out and he killed 30 men of the Philistines and he gave them the clothes from these 30 men. And the Philistines, this is, now there's a, a starting of this fight between the Philistines and Samson. Listen, I, I just want you to know that there is a fight that goes on between the world and us. There's a battle that goes on almost on a, on a daily basis. And there's things that, that we need to fight against. And we need to fight, and it's, it's extreme. Sometimes it can be so extreme. Like we're, now, obviously, I'm not saying to you, go out and kill people in the world. That's absolutely not it. But what I am saying is this, is that recognize that the world and the things of this world, if we grab onto it and we go after it and we uh, get sucked into it and we're not fighting against it, we'll be overcome in our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Anyways, it says uh, they, the Philistines came, went up and they encamped in Judah and deployed themselves against Le Lehi and the men of Judah and said, why have you come against us? So they said, we have come to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? This, what is this you have done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so have I done to them. But they said to, them, to him, we have come down to arrest you that, you may deliver, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So his own people are saying, hey, the Philistines rule over us. This world rules over us, and so we're giving you up to this world. And Samson says, swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him saying, no, we, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey reached out, his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. There is a battle. The spirit of the Lord upon him. I want you to know, with all the opposition and all the things of this world, I want you to know, by the spirit of the Lord, we can overcome. We will overcome. You overcome. I, we overcome the things of this world by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, what is it about Samson? Why was the Spirit of the Lord upon him? Just quickly, I want to go to Judges chapter 13. It's the beginning of the story. I mentioned about these cycles of, of time and how they did what which was right and that which was of wickedness and evil. Judges 13 verse 1 says, Again the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. 
So now they're under the, the, the rule of the Philistines for 40 years. We're talking like, we're talking more than a generation. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, from the tribe of Dan, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. And no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall be, begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the, of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, said, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of, this, to the day of his death. I just want to in in inject here. In Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says, Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Satan gives a different spirit, a very tangible spirit. I'm telling you, I, I deal with people that struggle with alcohol. That's, I'll tell you, it is of the enemy. That's the spirit that he gives, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, this Nazarite, we're... Uh, you might say, what's that? In number six, very quickly. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite to, separ to separate himself to the Lord. So this is happening. Now, numbers happened after or was after uh, Moses and, and, and the law was given. And then there's this thing. So he's actually, this vow of the Nazarite is to separate yourself to the Lord. I'm going to separate myself to the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. He shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from a similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins. All the days of his separation, so it would be a period of time. He shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine from seed to skin. All the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. Then he shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. He shall not make himself unclean even for his father or his mother, for his brother or sister when they die because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he shall be holy to the Lord. Listen, at this time that we would separate ourselves unto the Lord. That we would come out from among the Philistines of this world and separate ourselves and be holy before the Lord. The Lord is looking for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That we would separate ourselves from onto the Lord and we would take ourselves, that we would not be a part of the Philistines and the things of this world. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You say, well, that was Old Testament. Numbers is Old Testament. But here the Lord is saying, hey, by, as Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, I want you to present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service, that we would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has plans and purposes for each and every one of us, you specifically. You are part, perhaps, of a family. Some of those plans will interweave. But God has plans for you as an individual that they would come to pass. Those plans are good and acceptable and perfect before the Lord. And that as we separate ourselves, we present ourselves to the Lord. For Samuel, it was his entire life. His entire life. I know it was cut short. As he played with the Philistines and this world. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Judges 13.8, and said, Oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. I like that. When we talk to the Lord, we pray to the Lord, when we speak to him, the Lord hears us. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband, said to him, look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and he followed his wife. When he came to man, he said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman, to my wife? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. They wanted a child. She couldn't have a child. Yes, we want to have a child. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? What do you want him to do? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So she would be a Nazarite as well. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. Come, stay, stay with us. Now listen. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. He just thought, hey, this is a man. He did not know it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? And when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? This was Jesus coming to Samson's parents before Samson was even born. And this is Jesus saying, these things will come to pass. This will come to pass. My name is wonderful. Isaiah talks about Jesus' name being wonderful. I want to say, secondly, for the Holy Spirit, we need Jesus. We need Jesus for the Holy Spirit. When we are at our weakest, I love Luke chapter 8. Read Luke chapter 8. I'm just going to touch on a few things regarding Jesus in our lives. In Luke chapter 8, we have the parable of the sower and the seed. 
John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14 it says, And we beheld him. John is writing this. We beheld Jesus. The disciples and others. We beheld Jesus in the flesh, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. And here in Luke chapter 8, God is saying, listen, can I, I just want to give you a summary of some things. In Luke chapter 8, we have Jesus saying, talking about the sower and the seed. And it's basically, if you want a key to life, is I, that I would hear and do the word. If you want to have increase in your life, allow Jesus to speak into your life that you would hear and do what he would have you do, and there will be a hundredfold blessing. Just like we heard this morning, my brother was saying, hey, I, I'm, I, I just, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus, and the Lord is blessing my brother miraculously at this point in his life in a very tangible way. I hear and I do what you would have me do for blessing. In Luke 8, verse 19, it says, Then his, mothers and his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are those, are these who hear the word of God and do it. To hear the word of God and do it. If you desire to have success in your life, if you desire for things to go right in your life, that you would hear, we need Jesus, the word, hear his word and do it. Don't, oh yeah, that sounds good, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'll tell you right now, if you're struggling, it's because of that. I hear the word, but I don't do it. I don't do it. So I don't receive the protection, I don't receive the blessing of the Lord, because I am out of the, what he has in store for me. I'm not following his will. And there's complications. Amazingly, it continues on in Luke. We see as the disciples went across. So Jesus, he's ministering, and we're talking like he is tired. So he was fully God, but fully man as well. Got man in the flesh. Jesus got tired. As a man, he got tired. And so he's, they're going across the Sea of Galilee, I believe. And, and here there is this thing of... Jesus sleeping in the boat, and a storm arises. And in verse 24, it says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Hey, Jesus, wake up. We're going we're gonna to drown. Now, recognizing that at least four of them were fishermen. They were on the Sea of Galilee regularly. They knew the sea. The, the sea was not new to them, and the, the conditions were not new, and they recognized this is a bad storm. And here Jesus is sleeping. We're, we're drowning. And he arose, and he rebuked the wind and, he, and the raging of the water, and, he, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Not only blessing, but when it comes to the storms of your life, and you might think that Jesus is sleeping. Jesus is not sleeping. 
He is in, on the right hand of the Father. He hears every one of our cries. Lord, I need your help. He will help you in the storms of your life. Doesn't matter what you're going through. We need Jesus. Not only do we need the Holy Spirit, we need Jesus. To get the Holy Spirit, we need Jesus. Samson or his parents, the Holy Spirit came upon them because of the word of the Lord. This angel was Jesus speaking to them. Praise God. Where is your, where is your faith? That our faith would be specifically in Jesus, even in the storm. Not only as you continue to read in Luke, you also read that Je uh, Jesus is over Satan and his hordes. Not for a second. And we have the account. As they get to the other side, they, they come in contact with this man that was possessed by a legion of, angel, uh, of demons. They couldn't even tie. They, they would shackle him and chain him. And, the, and he would just rip the chains apart. And he was scratching himself. And he lived in the, in the cemetery. They'd stay away from him. This guy was possessed. Jesus is Lord over the enemy that may come against you. I want you to know that. It goes on. Now, this is, this is who I want to focus in on a little bit here at this point. Can we look at Luke 8 from verse 40? So right after this, this man was set free, this man that had a legion of, of demons. He was set free. And so now he returns to the other side of the lake, this, this man that was possessed and free. He's proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. And as Jesus comes back, they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jer Jairus, and he was a ruler of, of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. I don't know about you. As you have kids, to have a, a child that is dying, that's extreme. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, like probably was fairly well off in everything that she had, she spent to try to get healing, to try to, to be set free from this health condition. It says, she came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Just by touching the hem of his garment, just along the bottom, probably just reaching. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude's strong oppressed you, and you say, who touched me? Jesus, there's a whole bunch of people that were around touching you, or we're jostling as we're getting through to go to, to, to deal with this young girl that's dying. Who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. The power of the Holy Spirit going out from him, even as this lady came to Jesus. I want, I want you to know, to touch Jesus means you need to get close to him. 
Some of us, we may be in a place, some of you might be in a place where you're just saying, you know what? Nothing seems to be happening. I go through life and nothing seems to be happening. What's going on in my life? Now listen, if you don't have, you can't have the Spirit without Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to get close to Jesus. You need to grab a hold of Jesus. You need to have, allow Jesus to be a part of your life. And here, even as she just touched his, his garment, there was power that flowed from him. And she was instantly healed. Somebody touched me, for I perceived the power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of the, all the people the reason she had touched him and, now, and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You might say, I don't know if I can... I, how do I touch Jesus? She went after Jesus. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? I need to get to Jesus. I just need to touch him. Just touch his garment, and I'm going to be made whole. You say, well, I can't see Jesus. I, don't, I can't touch Jesus. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Because of your faith, that you would just say, I'm going to chase after. I'm going to take that time. I'm going to pursue Jesus. We need to get to a place of getting close to Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives like never before. There are things that God would have us do in these last days that are mighty exploits for God. That we would get it right in the last days that we are living. We are in the final stages of the race. There's not much time left. There's not much of a race left. I don't know. Do we have months? Do we have years? I don't know. But in the time that we have left, that we would do it well, and we can't do it in our own strength. And so as we draw close to Jesus, and even as we would touch him, as we would allow him, I, I, my faith is in you, Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is made available to us to take care of the situations that you're going through and to impact other people's lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't matter what the sickness, what the ailment, what, what obstacle, what mountain. As I started off, I started with this passage in Zechariah. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. The mountain will be made as a plain. Goes on to say, and it was talking about the temple being reestablished. And all the obstacles about the temple were, where the presence of God would be. It wasn't there. The temple had been destroyed. Listen, some of us are temple. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we are allowing our temple to be destroyed by the things of this world, by the Philistines. You know it. The Lord is saying, listen, you come to me. Let there be a reestablishing of, of my presence in your life. And even as this Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, the mountain will be removed. And it was about the temple, the, power, the presence of God being reestablished. And it says, don't despise small beginnings. He says, the plumb line is already in Zerubbabel's hand. The priest, the plumb line, as the priest would say, this is where this wall needs to go. The temple had been totally destroyed. And the temple needed to be reestablished, built back up. Listen, 
You are the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that there would be a cleaning out of the things that don't belong, and there would be a reestablishing of the presence of God in our lives as we come to Jesus. The Holy Spirit can do a work within us and through us. There needs to be a cleaning out by His blood. It's interesting that Jesus talked about a burnt offering. Hey, I'm not going to eat with you, but definitely use this as a burnt offering. It's already Jesus was saying, hey, there's something about the sacrifice. There's something about the blood shed. There's something about my, who I am and my blood that was shed for you that will allow for you to have life and to make and get right or have life right in your life. You get, you get it right with Jesus. Your faith being in him, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Hallelujah. In, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus is greater than death. And as, we, as he was on his way, there, it came, as it says in verse 49, Luke 8, 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when, the, when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, him saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. Listen, I'll tell you right now, sometimes we ridicule and we just say, Ah, there's nothing that can be done here. This is impossible. She's dead. We get to a place where we begin to, Ah, God, God can't do anything here. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to depend on the Lord. I'm going to depend on my own ways. Now, listen, the Lord will ask us, he may ask us to do different things. That we would not depend on ourselves, we would not depend on the arm of flesh, but that we would depend on Jesus always. We need to. We need to depend on Jesus always. I'm going to trust in you, Lord, even in the face of death. I'm going to trust in you. I just had a, just had a, a, a call yesterday. Somebody's in the hospital, has been in a coma for, for several months now. Young, just immediately went into a coma. And the doctor's saying, hey, you're going to be a vegetable. I just thank the Lord that in things as extreme as this, Lord, even in the face of death, this young man loves the Lord. Lord, I'm going to continue to trust in him. I'm going to continue to trust in you for this sake. I, hey, God, not that we say, hey, God, you can't do anything. No, I don't know. Maybe the Lord will take this man home. I don't know. Lord, I'm going to trust in you in the most extreme of situations. I'm going to trust in you through Christ. He is greater than death. And so even as they ridiculed him, he, he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called saying, little girl, arise. Listen there, if there's people that are ridiculing, you're holding on to Christ. You might have to tell them, you know, get out. <laughs> I'm not accepting. I don't need this. And allow the Lord to do the work that he wants to do. If somebody's telling you, 
and they're nattering about the things of this world and they're just looking to this world and they're, they're grabbing a hold of this world and they're, they're, there's fear and there's all kinds of different things and there's no looking to Jesus. If they're not going to look to Jesus, just say, hey, listen, I'm praying for you that you would turn your eyes to the Lord, that you wouldn't grab a hold of what they're saying and say, hey, there's a work to be done. Jesus says, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, astonished but he charged them to tell no one that, of what had happened. Our faith in Jesus, we need Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit transforms us. We are made new, and we have life, everlasting life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. A full, abundant life, even on this side of heaven. The spirit flows through Jesus' sacrifice for us. And I just want to read again from Judges 13. You know, you, this, this goat, if you offer it as a burnt offering, a burnt offering. You must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? I'll tell you, the things that the Lord speaks will come to pass as we recognize who he is and what he's done for us. This burnt offering was, was symbolic of what was yet to come in another that point was 1100 BC, another 1100 years plus 33. Jesus sacrificed for us on the cross. What is your name? And when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. My name is wonderful. And Manoah did exactly that. He took the young goat with the grain offering, and he offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a, mar a wondrous thing. And he, this, this man, Jesus, did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar that the Lord, or the angel of the Lord, ascended in the flame of the altar. Let me show you my power. Let me show you my glory in your life. He ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah, when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And not just the angel of the Lord as in an angel. He was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown all of these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. You know what Samson means? Like the son. Like the son. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him, and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahane. Dan between Zorah and Ashtaol. We need, and this is key number three, not only should we have the Spirit of God in our lives, not only should we come to Jesus, not only should our faith be in Him and what He's done for us on the cross, but we need to let the Spirit of God begin to move on us powerfully. Jesus did what He did with the Spirit of the Lord upon Him. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the acceptable year of the, of the Lord. With the Lord Jesus, as the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, as our faith is in him. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. You've been saved, given life. Not of works, it wasn't anything you could do, lest we should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. As you would read through Judges, you would see that the world and the things of this world, like Samson played with, with, the, with things of this world. As a result, here's what happened. It was like he, this woman, Delilah, a Philistine, was pestering him because she was told, hey, listen, Try to get the secret of his strength. And so finally, Samson told her what the secret was. The fact that he was a Nazarite. He says, if you cut my hair short, the, the power is, is going to, the power, the strength that I have is going to be gone. And even as she cut his hair and she says, oh, the Philistines are upon you. He went to do the same things not realizing that the Holy Spirit had left him. They took him, and they bound him. It says they gouged out his eyes. Like we're talking extreme stuff. That's what happens when we get caught up in the things of the world. Listen, I, I've, I've, I'm dealing with, with people where extreme things have happened. Like we're talking terrible loss family, whatever, just oh, Satan is nasty when we toy with the things of this world and our strength is in ourself. Oh, I, I can handle this. We don't trust in the Lord. We don't trust in the power of his spirit upon us. And there are things that are taken from us. But I love what it says here. And if I could have the worship team come as, as well. It says in verse 22, it says in verse 21, it says, uh, this is uh, Judges 16, 21. The Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. You know what? And we read in, in the, the next number of, of verses. It says, Now the lords of the Philistines came together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has delivered it into our hands, Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. 
And so they called. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, because he couldn't see, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof, watching while Samson performed. And this is what, I just want to say this. If you humble yourself before the Lord, you might have had everything or you might be in a place where it's like oh my goodness i am so far from god and there are things that are happening and the enemy has stolen from me as we humble ourselves before the lord the lord will empower you he will forgive you and empower you and so when we mess up and samson did when we mess up the lord is there to lift us up as we would humble ourselves before him. Listen to what it says. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. It's a sad, sad story to a certain extent. I don't, I don't look at this story the same, but I thank God for the grace and his mercy on our lives as we humble ourselves before him. And you might be at a place where you just say, hey, I don't, I don't know. Can God, I, I've heard this now in the last month, just dealing with an individual, and they're, they're saying, I don't think God loves me, and I don't think God really can do anything in my life. I don't think so. I think I've gone too far. To be able to just turn them back. No, no, no. That's a lie from the enemy. As we humble ourselves and we grab a hold of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is there to, to get us through. That you would grab a hold of Jesus Christ by faith. He loved you and gave himself for you. That the Holy Spirit would be a part of your life. Listen, if Jesus is not in your life, that you would grab a hold of him this morning. You might say, what is it that would separate me from God? It is sin. One sin separates us from God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner, but I'm grabbing a hold of you. You are the only one that can save us. 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross for you. As you believe in him, that you can have everlasting life, he can take care of what separates us from God. He can take care of all of our sins. That's why he died to take care of what separates us from God. And even as we would believe on him, we have life in Jesus Christ. As a, my faith is not in myself. It's not in my church. It's not in religious activity. It's not in me trying to be a good person because I just can't be good enough. But my faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. And even as it is there, the Lord forgives us and cleanses us as we 
allow him as our faith is there and, and we allow him into our lives and we have our sins washed away. We have the righteousness of Jesus on us and his spirit fills us. The Holy Spirit comes in and gives us life that you would allow him to come into your life. That the things that God has for you and in store for you in your life, that they would be accomplished. Hallelujah. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you or watching online, that there would be a confession of the fact they have sinned. But Jesus, you loved us so much. Father, you gave your son that even as we would believe on him, we would not perish because of our sins, but we would have everlasting life that only you can give. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be a, an acknowledgement of this verbally. We just say, yes, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe in you and what you did for me on the cross. And I need you in my life. Come into my life. And we are made new. And, Lord, I pray the work that needs to be done, even if there's somebody giving their life to you now, Lord, that you would fill them with this Holy Spirit. Lord, that the things that you would have us do in these last days would be accomplished. Lord, this woman that, that just, I need to get close to Jesus. Samson, just as he messed up, Lord, even as he humbled himself, Lord, you gave him strength. You gave him the Spirit. Lord, one day, as we believe in you, and our faith is in you, one day we will see Samson. I believe that's going to come soon. We will, I will be able to meet Samson. I'll say, Samson, tell me of these exploits. Like how, how big was that gate actually? Lord, I just, I, I just pray that we would do the things that you would have us do in these last days. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Let your spirit come upon us as individuals. Lord, let your spirit move in our lives as we call on you, as we trust in you, as we look to you. Hallelujah. There's works, there are works that need to be done. That we not be caught up by the Philistines and the things of this world, but that we and catering to the flesh, but that we would do the things the Lord would have us do in these last days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just sing in closing? And uh, after this song is done, uh, you're dismissed. And if there's anybody you have a, a request or a prayer, you need prayer or you need encouragement, uh, I'm going to be here at the altar. And uh, just come. And if there's others that come, I'm going to ask some of the elders to, to come and, and just pray with those that may be coming forward. If you need to give your life to the Lord Jesus or you're saying, hey, man, I need this. I need Jesus in my life. I need the Holy Spirit. Come, come. We're going to pray for you. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.